Hey, it's Greg. Thanks for checking out Toronto Today for Tuesday, August 30th. Infectious disease specialist uh, Dr. Zane Chagla wrote an op-ed in the National Post and talked about Western's vaccine mandate. We've been talking about that on a few different levels on the show. Um, I don't like it. It's emotional for me. I went to the school. I love Western. I love London. I love Canada. And these are this is one of our finest post-secondary learning institutes. And they've got this wrong. And don't take it from me. Take it from Dr. Chagla, also an alumnus of the school. And he lays out some of exactly uh, why the reasons are this may do more harm than good uh, to the community, to the school. It's not just about, you know, the reputation to the school, but individuals who might not have a choice as to whether they can get vaccinated or not. Kids living at home with their parents and the parents may say, no, you aren't. Um, So it's a different set of rules, as we all know, when we live under somebody else's roof than our very own. Check this out. And uh, thanks so much for listening. I don't talk to too many people in the least that don't agree with your principle that uh, that more harm than good is being done here. Thanks, Greg. No, I I, I get it. And uh, you know what? I, I was back in 2021 when these rules were starting to come out. You know, I was very clear that the vaccines prevented transmission, that these models could work and, and they would be, you know, helpful in, in a place like a campus to prevent transmission along with other rules. I was in favor of it. And, and I will say that. But, mm-hmm. you know, in my head, that that framework came from a person who had a vaccine was less likely to have COVID, less likely to transmit COVID. And so if you made an environment where everyone was vaccinated, then essentially you created this environment where the risk of COVID was much lower. In 2022, that doesn't exist. And I I really want to emphasize this. The vaccines are still really important. They keep people away from hospital. You know, people should at least get two doses. Most should get their third dose at some point. But we have to recognize that that environment where somehow everyone being vaccinated is going to reduce transmission in in their university um, isn't there anymore. And, And in fact, you know, vaccines are time limited. So so the protection against infection is limited to when you got the vaccine last. Uh, we remember their doses came out in December, January, February of 2021, 2022. You know, those people are now seven, eight, nine months from their dose. And, and so, you know, to say that they're completely um, not susceptible to bringing COVID in, transmitting COVID in the university, and to say that someone who's had two doses of vaccine and an Omicron infection, a prior Omicron infection is, you know, somehow at a very different immunologic level is at very different risk of transmitting isn't there. And, and then once you kind of establish that, you have to say, okay, what are the harms with this approach? And, and there are some, we have myocarditis. It's low, but it is overrepresented in 18 to 25 year olds. In men, have, in men. In men, exactly, yeah. and and so and that's data from Ontario, overrepresented in that group. So we can't just say it's it's you know foreign data. We have um, you know the the risk of people just not listening to public health anymore and feeling jaded. Look, there's a reason why 39 percent of those young people haven't gotten have gotten their shot, and 70 percent haven't because or 60 percent haven't because there is more messaging to be done. There's more individual reach. It's not as simple as saying go get it because we tell you to. And then, you know, the last thing is, and and we both grew up in London, there are people where Western is their only choice to go to a university because they're marginalized, they're from communities that don't speak a lot of English, they're from communities where 
um, there, there's a lot of medical mistrust and they may have gotten their two doses. They may not have gotten their third. Are we comfortable saying those people should not come to university because of the fact that we put a mandate in place? Are we comfortable that those people who likely had Omicron, we saw marginalized communities had the highest rates of COVID transmission throughout the pandemic. So a lot of them had had a prior infection that had their two doses. Are we comfortable saying those people shouldn't be on campus? And I, I think you, when you start thinking about the long-term implications of who you're excluding from campus because of a rule that may have very marginal benefits, you know, there are significant harms to the approach and really needs to be reconsidered in that light. Yeah. And you, and being exclusionary is, in essence, being discriminatory. And I'm right with you where I was a year ago in the summer. I'm like, I thought the universities and colleges, if anything, were slow to mandate vaccination. I know for my 12 year old, uh, he and and he had his two shots, but he had three or four soccer teammates. Once we were going inside, you know, playing in domes and whatnot, once hockey players were starting, I know there were parents that had to step up and go from zero to two shots as quickly as they could. Well, safely or from one to two shots. But this is this is against and you note this in, in your piece. This is against the nasty advice of uh, of waiting six months, potentially like you, this gets dropped on students now. And if they've had Omicron really any time since maybe if we if we did the math and wound the clocks back April or May, it's actually not advisable to bounce off Omicron and go get that third shot three or four months afterwards. They want you to wait six months. Absolutely. And these are hypothetical arguments, right? We have Canada Immunity Task Force Sir prevalence data that 18 to 29-year-olds, at least 60% have had a COVID infection, the most of them being during the Omicron period. It's probably over, uh, sorry, underrepresented because they're, they're usually people that respond to surveys and they don't tend to be the people that are working all day or that type of thing. Um, and, and, you know, even when you look at blood, um, blood uh, donor data, it's almost 100% of people have antibodies one way or another. They had them from infection, they had them from vaccine, they have them from both. And so when we have these theoretical arguments that everyone is starting to play on a very similar immunity playbook, and then you're instituting a mandate to, to vaccinate to a point where, you know, again, certain people are going to get certain benefits. Like, again, if you're a two-dose individual that's going to university, you probably should be getting your third dose because there's a higher exposure risk. Sure. But to say that that's the, you know, again, the impetus to say that you cannot come to this university, you have to interrupt your program, you have to leave your PhD because of it. You know, again, we're not giving much justification here. And, and again, there are harms for people that will have to walk away from university or not have the opportunity to go to university in their own communities. Dr. Zane Chagles, our guest, he's an infectious diseases physician, associate professor at McMaster University. And I think you make a great point about the living scenario and the fact there's people, there's Londoners that go to Western. There's same as, as U of T, same as Guelph. There's people that stay in town, by the way, in their parents' house. And I think we know the distinction between living with a bunch of roommates or living in residence and living with your parents. You don't always get to call their own shots. You don't always get to call your own medical shots. Many of the students that might even come and live on their own Dr. Chagla, they're not going to seek out a family doctor in London. They're just going to, you know, use the one that's back home. So there's a lot of medical guidance here that's going to fall through the cracks, let alone uh, somebody who's starting school at home. And the parents are saying, I'm sorry, we're not letting you get that third vaccine. You can sit out of your it's it's heartbreaking to think of some of the conversations happening at these kitchen tables right now in the city of London. Yeah, I, I agree. And again, look, the, the, the irony here, right, is that UH is right on university campus. The hospital, it's a great institution. I did my postgraduate training there. It, it, 
It's one of the best places to practice medicine, have a two-dose vaccine mandate, meaning that healthcare worker who has two doses walks across the street to a mm-hmm. campus building and is not allowed in because they don't have three doses. Can you imagine? Like, I, I think we, we can debate healthcare vaccines and, and mandates because of the fact that these are people that have to deal with COVID every day. They're interacting with the sickest populations. And so, you know, maybe the, the, the vaccines have a big role there in terms of uh, uh, mitigating spread, and, and it, even if it's a small amount. But that's just irony that you can have less of a mandate to walk and work at University Hospital than you would at the campus building right beside it. And, and again, we have to think about where is the risk and why institutions like hospitals had stopped at two doses and said, we're not going to go any further. Why the province allows for an entirely full Knights game or Raptors game, but doesn't, you know, doesn't use a vaccine mandate anymore in those. Because again, these factors are well known. We don't want to exclude people based on, you know, this immunologic network that's very complex for every individual. And again, we've moved to an era where individual risk is important and people need to modify their individual risk based on their circumstances. They can do a number of different things to do that, like testing, like masking, like getting that third shot, like getting a fourth shot. But again, we have lost a lot of the ability for community protection and and we really do have to recognize that moving forward. The the piece ends with a a nice line. And I think it's important. Look, we're going to have a rough fall. I don't think we we disagree with that. There are going to be people that get COVID. But that mandate at Western University isn't going to make sure those elderly immunocompromised people, the ones you said were in the ICU, yeah. are getting their next shot. They're, it's not going to make sure that health systems are staffed correctly. It's not going to make sure that those patients have easy and rapid access to antivirals when they get sick. You know, we have to really think about those populations as the biggest bang for the buck and stop thinking that the university is somehow going to drive everything to land those people in the ICU. Well, I've said this for a while. If you wanted to prevent, you know, ICU trips and you really want to prevent death, you wouldn't you would make every person over 65 have a fourth shot by now. But we would never do that because that demographic would say you're compromising my my liberties and my fruit. We would never do that to to that demographic because we know there'd be a pushback about it. So we don't. But that would that would make us safer than third shots for 19 year olds. Yeah, absolutely. Look, if you look at, at, at Ontario's last 120 days of data, look, the difference between a 60-year-old that gets a second shot versus a third shot is an appreciable difference in hospitalization. The difference between an 18-year-old that gets a second shot and a third shot is a rounding error in our hospitalization data. Yeah, it's nothing. So yeah. It, it's nothing. And so we really have to consider that. that these things that we do are not mm. impacting that 60-year-old who hasn't yeah. gotten their third shot, that hasn't gotten their fourth shot, that isn't accessing Paxlovid when they get sick. Yeah. You know, all these things are doing, we think are reducing transmission, but not to a degree that's protecting that individual as COVID is around everywhere. You can read this op-ed in the National Post. Dr. Chagla, thanks for the time uh, and your advocacy. Let's stay in touch on this through September and let's see what the university does. But I appreciate you coming on this morning. All the best, Greg. All Take right. Care. Zane Chagla joining us on Toronto Today.